Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. a very special episode of the Untitled Film Podcast with Callum and Johnny. I'm Johnny. I'm Callum. And uh, what, why is it special, Callum? What are we going to be talking about this week? Well, finally, at long last, the <laughs> biggest movie event of the year happened, or as a lot of my um, LA friends have been calling it, the Gay Super Bowl. It's, uh, it's come, it's gone, and uh, it was exciting. There were lots of big wins. And it was one of the biggest sweeps that we've had in quite some time in Oscar history. I think the statistic is, is that, and keep it just under a hat for a little bit, that the sweeper is the biggest acting sweep since something like Network. Wow, really? That that big? Because it doesn't usually, it's usually one Yeah, you normally get like one best Or a best actor. And one supporting and one supporting, yeah, yeah. It's never usually that everyone... Everywhere, all at once, gets Everywhere, all the awards. Everywhere, all at once, gets all of the one- awards, <laughs> all at once. Yeah. yeah. The fact is the only acting nomination it lost was to itself uh, for Best Supporting Actress. It's, it's quite an interesting one because it, it's kind of the little film that could. Because obviously, for, for those that know about the Oscars, um, people tend to release their Oscar films in like November, December kind of time to get people to their fresh in people's minds for when the Oscars come out. And this came out right at the start of the year. Um, so it's quite unusual that you get a film that, that comes out at the start of the year. And, and obviously the Banshees of Insurance came out and The Whale and there were some others that people were talking about as possible Oscar films. Um, and I think people almost forgot about this. And then all of a sudden it kind of built its momentum back up again. And it's, it's been quite I interesting it was, from that point of there view. Was a, there was a time when I was thinking it wasn't going to make it to the end because I thought that at the beginning of the campaign, it was very high. But then I thought that Kate Blanchett would take it for tar for, uh, over Michelle Yeoh. And I thought that there were a couple of films. I thought that 
Everything Everywhere All at Once was just starting to slip just around mm. our, just just after the Golden Globes because there was everything with uh, Kate Blanchett being the kind of main kind of contender. And then there was that odd thing that happened. Oh, I forget that actress's name again. I forgot her name last time. She's kind of an indie actress, a British actress, that kind of very... Oh, the late. one that did that thing where everyone was trying to get like this film to... Yeah. Oh, let me find her name. Me I, I, have to... I know who you mean. The one, the, the one that like every person who's on a podcast or owns a or, or is an actor somehow had like a one percent share in this movie so they were all going to try and get her to win the award that one andrea riseborough yeah like she suddenly, what was the name of the film though um to leslie that was it she snuck in very late because of that kind of groundswell campaign from every millionaire celebrity in hollywood was rooting for her and putting out instagram posts saying vote for to leslie vote for andrea riseborough so i thought oh well it would have been lovely to see Michelle Yeoh get an Oscar, but I guess it's not to be. And then it happened. Mm. Yay. I've been rooting for her for so long because, well, not just because of this film, but because she's Michelle Yeoh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So many great films from Hong Kong. She's one of the, you know, original, you know, from that the kind of early 80s um, when Jackie Chan and other guys were getting famous uh, or Tony Leung. She was part of that group. And I love that era of cinema mm. and I love her and I've been a big fan of hers forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and I'm so 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 happy about this anyway <laughs> we will find more about your opinion on that subject later in the episode um but for those of you that don't know what the Oscars are I'm sure most Does, of you do is there but... <laughs> anyone in the world that doesn't know see the Oscars are a um award ceremony that uh, that vote for people named Oscar right yeah, yeah. that's not actually right but uh Oscars happen every kind of March. Um, they tend to be the crown jewel in the award ceremonies of the world. So the way the award season tends to work in the world is you get a number of film festivals through, normally through the summer months. Um, you do get a couple of early ones like Sundance and things, but, over, well, or late ones in the awards calendar, I suppose. So you kind of get the a year almost restarts when it gets through to March from a film point of view, from an awardee point of view. Um and then, yeah, through the summer, you get like Berlin, Venice, Cannes Film Festival, a lot of European film festivals, uh, South by Southwest, things like that. And people tend to start releasing kind of indie movies. Um, and then later in the year, people seem to hold a few back and then kind of November, December, release some more. Or, or often the movies that were premiered initially at the festivals come out as like a wide release for people to go and see. And then you kind of start ticking through the award ceremonies. So you have normally the Golden Globes is the first one. Uh, because they're the first one, they get kind of a weird undue precedence that they probably don't deserve because they're usually shit. Um, then you get kind of the BAFTAs, you get some of the Independent Spirit Awards and Producers Guild and things like that. And then the last one is the, and the, is the Oscars. Um, so you kind of normally have a fairly good idea of what is going to happen by the time you get to the Oscars, but you do get some surprises some years. Sometimes they do tend to beat to their own drum. Um, it's, there's been a lot of work in the last few years of trying to diversify the people that vote in the Oscars because it used to be old white men, uh, as I suppose is most things in the world. Probably about <laughs> 75% that now, but at least the 25% yeah. starting to come through. Exactly. Um, which is why you used to get things like Driving Miss Daisy winning and Green Book winning and stuff. Um, but yeah, so that is the Oscars. Uh, this year they, they're on... Is it the Oscars revolve around TV stations in the US, I want to say? I want to say one year one has it and one year another oh, one has it. Oh, they might do. But to be honest, I'm is not sure how I they think, do it. I that think that does sound that. right, though, just so that everyone gets a slice. So this year it would have been on ABC because 
old safe pair of hands Jimmy Kimmel was in charge. Um, for the, I think it's about the third time he's done it. I think it is, yes. Especially after last year, they would have wanted a safe pair of hands because of everything that happened with Chris Rock and w- William Smith. Absolutely. You say that, but I actually think that they probably would have loved something like that to happen again because actually it got them a lot more press and a it, lot more news. It certainly got them press. Yeah. Um, the cynical person in me thinks that the people who running the TV stations and running the... The advertising things were going, money, 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 money. Yeah, but <laughs> there we go. Uh, but everyone in Hollywood, you know, uh, people having a little fight. It was the worst thing that's ever happened in the history Shocked of Hollywood. And appalled. Shocked and appalled. Anyway, uh, nothing like that happened this year. Old safe pair of hands was back um, to have some mild jokes and poke some mild fun at people, but uh, mainly self-deprecating. The opposite of Ricky Gervais. Um, it's very much so. Who often does the Golden Globes? <laughs> And yeah, it's quite a smug, smarmy night. I always think. I think that's what's kind of maybe different with the Golden Globes, where they do get some like Ricky Gervais in. They they almost pop the pomposity a little bit. It's also it's more of a party. Uh, same with um, the Independent Spirit Awards. People just get drunk, mm. and uh, whereas know, they take the Oscars very seriously. Very seriously until the after, until they go to the variety after party, and then they get drunk. And then they get drunk. Yes, I also thought that this ceremony, just from the speeches I saw, were a lot more emotional. I, I feel like there's been maybe not cynicism, but there's been a bit of a groundswell of people playing it cool in the last few years, like, a, a, you know, being gracious, gracious and thankful and, and appreciative, but, but playing it a little bit steely, whereas mm. this one, everybody was crying up on stage. And it was really nice to see. I, I did shed a tear or two at some of the, nom- at some of the winners, and, uh, you know, they did seem to just be genuinely ec- ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I've seen it that big and, and that, that uh, you know, overflowing, overwhelming emotional. Yeah, it did seem, definitely did seem like that. Anyway, what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to go through each feature film category and just have give our opinions on who won, if we thought the right film won, if we've seen the film, because we haven't seen all of them. Uh, I haven't seen everything ever all at once <laughs> yet. Um, which, yeah, uh, more because I want to give it the reverence it deserves and I haven't been in the right mood than any other reason. Um, but it is for free on Amazon Prime for anyone who's got Amazon Prime out there. Uh, what we I'll very quickly will go through is just the shorts and just tell you who won the categories. We're not going to go into too much detail on them. Um, just for brevity um, but well done to them as well so live action short the best one was uh, the winner was an Irish goodbye uh, best documentary short the elephant whispers and then best animated short the boy the mole the fox and the horse which I think was on BBC over the um, yes, over the Christmas period yeah it did, and it yeah, did I saw some did press well. about it so very well done to all of them on to another film that I know he's currently on BBC iPlayer. Uh, I think it is a British film, but I'm not 100% sure. I can't, can't, I would be alive. I said, well, it was. Is the best documentary feature um, uh, film winner, which is Navanli. Navan, I, mean, I might be saying that incorrectly, um, which is about uh, Alexei Navanli, who is the, was basically the, the probably the foremost opponent to, is he the foremost? He, he, he basically is a political figure in Russia who is very opposed to Vladimir Putin. Um, but he became very, he was already very famous. He was very big on the internet. Um, and he would basically try to lift the curtain to the corruption in, in Russia. So uh, a very 
quick cliff note to those that don't know the way that Russia is kind of built up is it's a bit of a house of cards with Vladimir Putin at the top and then the oligarchs underneath and they kind of keep each other in power and obviously basically steal money from everyone else it's kind of like capitalism but even even more corrupt um and they um yeah and effectively he was trying to kind of show where all these people were getting their money where the money was coming from he used to do all these takedown videos and things and then very famously he got poisoned um with novichok which is the same poison as but people the people in salisbury got poisoned with as well uh, which is kind of vladimir putin's calling card so shocker where people assume that came from um and he was rushed to germany because they didn't think they would get the proper care in russia uh, and was and survived um and when he was in germany he kind of built himself back up uh and then went back to russia and at the time he went back to russia also released a video showing this absolutely must be hundreds tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of pounds or dollars or whatever currency you want to use rubles um mansion that vladimir putin's had built in the mountains of the black sea um that is just like the most opulent thing it has like it has an ice rink in it and all these things and he'd secretly gone and got all these people to do drone footage and things over it and it's one of those kind of things that it, that kind of is the kind of thing that happened when the fall of the the, the the fall of the Soviets happened, and people went and said, "Hang on, why have all these people that are telling us to drive a Draban and eat gruel, living in like gilded mansions?" It's that kind of thing, um, and he's very much like that. He's an interesting political figure. Um, some good things about him and some bad things. He's quite patriotic, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he he isn't necessarily like the biggest. I don't think he. I don't think he would have supported going into Ukraine, but I don't think as a person he's also is like, well, no, Ukraine shouldn't be close to Russia, etc. So you know he's a bit more he's a bit more complicated. It's not black and white, but he's someone who anyway has, has exposed the corruption. And I've watched the documentary. It's a really compelling, interesting documentary. It's pieced together very well. A lot of really good behind the scenes stuff of them kind of finding out about who poisoned him and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, really solid, like, 90 minutes, and, and and it seems very well-deserving. I have to admit, I don't think... I have I seen any other ones on that. I have to admit that I haven't seen any of the nominations, but I do know Fuck. about this film. I have seen it reviewed, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, it's almost absurdist at points, the way it uh, kind of unearths this kind of corruption and shows it to be just so pantomime-esque, almost like uh, the um, the movie that came out uh, Armando Inucci's uh, Death of Stalin, where it's almost like a, a knockabout comedy, just how ridiculous, uh, you know, the the corruption and the wealth and the opulence is over there. And not just that, also the the way that the media has been taken over and that the, some of the stuff when he's been poisoned... Um, and obviously his camp is saying he's been poisoned, the stuff that on the, the kind of state TV that are going out or people going, well, people with his kind of lifestyle, you know, they take drugs, they do, you know, these these left-wing opposition people, they take drugs and some of them, they have like big orgies and all these things. So who knows what he could have been dying from? <laughs> and, and, you know, that kind of like trying to discredit him with like stuff that just sounds ridiculous. It sounds like the kind of stuff that is a parody. It doesn't sound like reality. Um, and I suppose, obviously, this was all precursor to to. Um, to the most recent war in Ukraine, because obviously Crimea and stuff as well. But yeah, the, it was a, a precursor to that. Um, and I think it does do a very good job of, of, of showing um, yeah, the ridiculousness of, of the ruling classes of Russia. 
Although anyone in the UK will know we've had some of those ridiculous things with uh, our own state media broadcasters this oh, week. Yes. So yes. We won't go too much in no, detail on that because I could that, do a that whole would podcast be a on it. Yeah. That, that would be quite a tangent. <laughs> absolutely. From which we would never recover. No, absolutely. And Rob would have to cut out all of it. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. Any any more to say on best documentary feature? Uh, unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, I haven't seen any of these, uh, any of the nominated. I'm afraid <laughs> to say. So on to best animated feature. So those best animated feature, um, the winner was um, Guillermo del Toro with Pinocchio. It just really confused me. I was just reading my bit of my notes. It just really confused me because it's called Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I was like. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro. I was really confused at what it was saying that, but anyway. Um, and it was up against Marcel, The Shoe with Shells On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Now, I haven't seen all of these films, but I've seen a few of them. Same. And I don't know if that's the one I would have personally picked as best picture of the ones that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, personally not as well. I mean, I liked Pinocchio. We both did. Mm-hmm. We reviewed it here. And it was the best film called Pinocchio to come out in 2022. Um, I would um, say it could be the best Pinocchio movie possibly. It's probably better than the original animated one. Yeah, it, well, it certainly gives it a run for its money. Yeah. And um, it is very good. It's very dark. And uh, it... You know the the animation is very well crafted, but of the nominees, I uh, I unfortunately, oops, <laughs> um, Callum. Oh wait a minute, um, I probably would have gone with Turning Red, and I would like to see Marcel the Shell with Shoes. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen the trailers, I've seen reviews, and it does look very beautiful. But I think yeah, um, Pinocchio. I think left us both. We liked it, but we were sort of mildly positive more than we were over the moon about it whereas i think turning red told uh, a lot more of a personal story especially for the director it's the first disney film as far as i'm aware to be set in canada rather than america it's metaphor to being um a chinese you know a daughter of, a, of an immigrant and um you know the, the metaphor for the turning red and uh, um for uh, periods and uh, adolescence i thought was very beautifully handled and really left me uh unlike up. your explanation of it there yes uh, which was starting to get a little bit all over the place a little bit uh, well, <laughs> you be chuckling in the background i was just like what's Callum doing he's tying himself in knots but now I, I agree of the ones that i've seen i probably i would certainly have picked turning red over i just think it's more consistent i think pinocchio is very all over the place it looks beautiful i like the way it's told i know academy award voters probably really like I think that's the thing. They, I mean, but Turning Red is just a more consistent movie. It works better. I really like the relationships in it. I really like the story. I really like the metaphors. I think it just works better as an overall piece. I've also heard some amazing things about Puss in Boots and The Last Wish as well. I, I mean, haven't the fact seen that it it's yet. It's held so well at the box office. Shows that people are coming back mm-hmm. for seconds, thirds, fourths. You know, they're just, they just want to see it again. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen clips from it, and every clip has been excellent. And I know the kind of overarching storyline, and it just sounds really smart and really clever. So that's one that I want to see. I've also heard very good things about Marcel, the show with shoes on. Um, so I think maybe it was quite an open category this year, but it's not the one... I think with I Guillermo think del Toro as well, he's one of those guys, he pretty much has his own spot at the Academy now. The fact that they gave Nightmare Alley a Best Picture <laughs> nomination 
kind of shows that he's like whenever there's a a slot going for that eighth or ninth no. place, and if Guillermo del Toro has a movie out and it's pretty good. They're going to give him a nomination. But then he won. So that's where it's a bit strange. Maybe they were just... Because Disney had... I think this is the first time that Dis- a Disney film hasn't won it since like 2018 or something. So maybe they will like, oh, maybe share the love a bit. But, maybe. But yeah. That was uh, Netflix's big win of the night. Actually, no, they've got two big wins. No, Coming no, up to the next movie. A, a, a big win. The yeah. next category, which is Best International Feature Film. Well, this is the second big sweep of the evening because, um, as we all know... Um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once won seven. And there were only three films to win two or more awards. And this one was the second biggest. It won four for um, Best Foreign Language Film and several technical nominations. And it really seems to have taken people because, you know, at the BAFTAs, it, it, was, the big, it was the big winner. And throughout the campaign, it tends to have taken either bronze or silver in terms of how many awards it goes away with of course firstly it's a big technical marvel you know the visual effects cinematography all the biggies and wow coming to the next category you might disagree with that most of the biggies certainly um and it's quite special for a couple of reasons because firstly it kind of buries the hatchet with netflix and the oscars because there was a time when they were very frosty to one another Mm, but two dos movos now and uh, yeah, Dos movies this year, and uh, it's also uh, the you know biggest showing for a foreign language film since Parasite. Um, you know, with how many it's taken home. So you know, it's big for a few reasons. I've heard good reviews about it. Mm, I've um, heard really good things. Yeah, uh, so it has a high seventies <laughs> on Metacritic, and you know, of course, it's based on the classic. You know, it's one of the big early films was all quite yeah. in the western front so it has a lot of love in I've, the cinematic landscape I've, I've not seen anyone who's seen it who's come up to me and said you know what it's better than 1917 or it's better than this that the, you know i don't i've not heard anyone go like yeah, same. wow shooketh it's so I've good i've seen people but, come away saying yeah it's really good yeah as a war film whew, that's a goodie and that's why i haven't probably rushed out to see it because i've or rushed in and turned the netflix on to see it because i've not i've like it's obviously quite a heavy movie so you have to be in the right mood, but it's never it's never been told to me like it's got such an amazing thing that um, amazing I must go thing. an amazing set of reviews. I must go see it. Um, the other films that were nominated were The Quiet Girl, EO, Close, and Argentina, nineteen eighty five. I haven't seen any. Well, of them. I haven't seen any of them either. But <laughs> the one I've heard the most about is EO, yeah, which is a story about, about the the donkey. Yeah. And people, have, I think, in terms, at least in terms of critical plaudits, should be Eeyore. Yes, but the, <laughs> yes. Um, um, in terms of critical plaudits, that's been the the biggie. I think that's the ones that have taken the hearts of stuffy film critics that write for broadsheet newspapers. But I've heard that's a beautiful film. It's not the populist choice, obviously. Mm. Um, but I, I've heard that you know. I think I wouldn't be surprised if if we were to do those two films at one point us coming away liking EO more mm. because just because of the landscape of cineasts. They seem to go for that one. That's the cineasts' choice yeah. for this nomination. Yeah, absolutely. No. Um, excellent. So next off, next category is Best Visual Effects. So the nominees were Top Gun Maverick, Black Panther, one Wakanda forever. Do you want to try that again? No, nah, <laughs> I think they got it. Uh, the Batman... All Quiet on the Western Front. And the winner was Avatar, The Way of the Water. Well, of course it was going to be, wasn't it? 
Well, yes and no. <laughs> it depends what you what you see visual effects as, I suppose. I think Is it CGI effects? Well, then yes, it exactly. probably hands down should be the winner. But actually, if you're talking about visual effects, Top Gun Maverick and flying real planes, yeah, I thought, or I think so the too. Batman visually, or All Were Quiet in the Western Front's a big technical picture, like. So it depends what you really what no, you really I, I, see. I'm as in, in agreement, but there are some people, or a lot of people, even that see CGI and they just go, "Whoa!" There are a lot of people. Blue, but that's the opposite. What? Like, I hate CGI. I just, I just, just, just give me. It should be a tool. Give, yeah, it's it's a tool to touch things up. Look at what David Fincher does with CGI, or Absolutely. look at what Chris Nolan does with CGI. Or early Peter Jackson, or early Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you you use it as a, a tool to to do something you couldn't do physically. I think uh, Top Gun would have been my choice, but also the Batman is no slouch either. I, I like that the Batman has a, a textual look mm. to it. You know, you, you can feel that there's a lot of rigs, a lot of um, you know pistons and explosions going on underneath cars to blow things up yeah uh the way it kind of soaks things in like that explosion scene where he walks over to the penguin's car after it's been yeah it looks so good that's the best shot in the movie i was watching that like oh i watched it again actually on the flight back from um uh, sri lanka Uh, and yeah it really holds i really like the batman I would have picked either of those over Avatar. A, because I didn't think from the start, and I haven't watched the whole movie, but the bits that I saw, yeah, obviously it's better than it was 10 or 13 years ago, but it didn't feel... Whereas the first Avatar, when it came out, it was like, whoa, this is this is a game changer. This is so different. Like, they, they've not... They've managed to just about get over Uncanny Valley, visually, you know, everything's really incredible, all of the kind of flowers and all the crazy stuff. And all this, like, doing it underwater and things, I just didn't think the clips I've seen just didn't blow me away. I didn't think it was that I much of a step forward. I never liked the look of the Na'vi, um, even if it's a technical gangly. achievement. Yeah, they are. They're weirdly proportioned. And I just, I just think it's all a bit of a misstep making them mm. so tall. It yeah. just looks goofy. To me. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's more, I suppose, design than the pure visual yeah, effects. But true. I just didn't think that it, it 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 didn't seem to me thirteen years of progress visually. No, no. Um, so I, I I don't know. It wouldn't have been what I'd have picked. And I know there is a hard thing. Like you've already locked the design in in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So you kind of can't. Well, probably two thousand five. Well, quite. Uh, you can't change things up too much. But even so, if you look at uh, sorry, that was me that that time. Um, it's always if, you. If you look at. Um, Toy Story 4 compared to Toy Story 1, where they have to keep the designs of Woody and Buzz consistent. They can't change them. Mm-hmm. But yet they can improve how the plastic of their skin looks or how the humans look or how the dog from the first film or the cat in Toy Story 4 look. There are in, in places for improvement. You, it, they, got, so there definitely locked. was improvement. And obviously doing the underwater stuff and things is, is impressive technically. But yeah, it just didn't, it didn't make me... I didn't look at it and think, wow, sir. It yeah, just same. was like, okay, yeah, it's good. Well done. Still haven't seen it. I know it's taken all the money in the world. but I don't care. Yeah. I, I've not met a person yet who's come out and seen... I've met two people that have walked out of it. I've met, I know one person that's fallen asleep in it. <laughs> I've not had someone who's come out and gone, you must go see that movie. So until the day, that day happens... I've, I know someone who fell asleep too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the ringing endorsement... I mean, I don't like the first one that much, so I'm very sure I'm not going to like this one. But anyway, 
Yeah, that's the best visual effects. On to something that kind of connects in with that best production design. Um, I actually think the nominations are weird in this category. Well, some aren't, but some are. Um, so best production design, All Quiet on the Western Front. Makes sense, that one. Avatar The Way of the Water. I didn't realise blue screens were production design. Um, Babylon. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I haven't had many great reviews about that film, but I think probably from the trailer, the production design looks good. Uh, Elvis. Again, there is some good production design at points, but it's a lot of CG in it as well. Yes. Uh, and The Fablemans, um, which with its first nomination, the film that people thought was going to sweep everything I, at one I, point. There was a time when I thought it was, yes. Um, and yeah, and then it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's I can first, understand first the Fablemans because um, they have to recreate... Is it 1950s, I want to say? Um, so the 1950s Americas, that's always a good excuse well, to get a, that nomination. It's the same with Elvis, isn't it? 60s yeah. and 70s. But like bits of it with Elvis really work. Like There's a bit where he's going along, um, it's after he comes out of the army and he's walking along his private jet and talking about all of his like family and friends who work for him and it's got the remix of Britney Spears Toxic and the way that's done and I thought that was a cool set and the way it then jumped into... But I just didn't think it was like anything stunning from a set point of view. Um, Avatar, the just what sets? Yeah, what sets? Someone joked on Facebook uh, earlier today with, and it, all it was was it's just mud, and that was their uh, you know, production design for All Quiet on the Western Front. It's just mud. That as well, yeah. Like I just don't think any. Like if I, why is the Batman not in that category? Well, yeah, that Which, would have been a really good choice. Yeah. I mean, the way they changed uh, the, for the exterior shots for the the wide shots changed up uh, Liverpool to look like a dystopian American city. And then in the close-in close shots, you've got some really gnarly, noir, David Fincher-esque sort of stuff going on there. That would have been a good choice. Yeah, exactly. There's, it, yeah. It, I, 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 but I felt the Batman was quite underrepresented anyway. Um, again, I think maybe because it came out so early maybe, in the year. Because it should have... Uh, some of the stuff that it was nominated for, it should have won, I mm. thought. And it should have got more technicals than it did, I think. Yeah, I, 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 whoever's picked the films for this category is stupid. Um, <laughs> the uh, voters of the Academy. Stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> Fucking watch, get up and watch a movie, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. We've lost their list. On to, on to the best, that's the best production design, design done. It's all wrong. I don't understand. Maybe Babylon. James Cameron is crying now. I hope you're happy. But he hasn't... It's a tennis ball on a stick. He's never going to endorse us now. He was just about to give us a sponsorship. It's and a now ten- he's turned it off. <laughs> it's a tennis ball on a stick. He was about to say Avatar Underwater. 3 is going to be exclusively sponsoring that podcast. Wow. Not anymore. Good. I don't want, Avatar, I don't want James Cameron's <laughs> money. Not until he starts making Terminator 2 again. Um, anyway. Uh, best film editing... This one probably was the right film uh, to win this category, even though I haven't seen it. Uh, best for editing, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, Elvis, The Banshees of Insurance. I love that film, but I don't know what editing there yeah, is. Yeah, it's more functional. It's yeah. functionally edited film. It's not like any, it's not flashly edited. Again, The Batman probably has more editing chops in it, but anyway. Actually, that's probably the one I wouldn't give it because it's three hours long. Three hours. It, it's not called best script editing. No, but still, it, editing is part of that process. Yeah, to be fair. Uh, and and the winner, of course, is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which for such a phonetic movie, it makes sense. Like, And it's not just that it's phonetic, because uh, I, I don't know how much you know about the plot. 
I don't give it. No, I don't. I know bits, but but yeah. Because it's got to kind of jump in and out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all these fantastical sequences, and I think that's good enough to say without kind of spoiling. And it's not linear. It twists and turns. So it is best edited in its individual sequences, but also in the fact that it has an emotional through line, even though you're jumping all over the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is fantastically edited. I mean, even the trailers are well edited. And yeah. that's saying, so that, if, I mean, if that's the case, then fantastic. Yeah, I think that's definitely the one to go for. Because just from the trailers, it kind of reminds you of something like Natural Born Killers or something where there is a lot of editing being I would say there. it's less Natural Born Killers is more kind of mid MTV, you know, 95 mm. sort of like. A, this is a bit more. This is a bit more consistent yeah. in tone where that one, like, let's pretend to be a 50 sitcom for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> let's do this bit with some kind of weird cartoony bit because it's 1996 and every film does that. Absolutely. But no, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's probably is the right one to win. Um, Elvis is, is a lot of editing in Elvis as well. Yes, that's so, a very edited film. Yeah. I think that's a good nomination. If that had won, I'd have thought I haven't seen Tar. I don't necessarily think that's massively like on the like maybe Banshees like Banshees like okay, well done, but I nothing special. Wouldn't be surprised just because it has musical sequences, which can be a tough yeah, sort true. of um, thing to to kind of go around. Yeah, uh, and Top Gun is well edited, um, and the, the fight scene, the, the dog fight scenes, and things are very well done. So I can see that. But now that seems like the right one. One, so we we can agree on that one with the Academy for once. Uh, best sound editing, Elvis. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, anything with music is a hard one to get right, and of course, you're dealing with so many different sequences mm-hmm. of Elvis's life, and it's done in that and Baz I- Luhrmann style. So it's not just real it's hyper real yeah i have to admit i have been also listening not that it's sound editing but listening to the mashup between uh britney spears toxic and uh viva las vegas a lot this week so just putting that out there. i think that's a, a fine win there yeah uh, they didn't win oh did it not no 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 no, no i'm going through nominations oh sorry uh the batman again i think that's uh, yeah. the, the, i enjoyed the sound editing on that um avatar the way of the water don't know i haven't seen it but yeah fine uh, all Quiet on the Western Front. I'm sure there's some good gunshots in it. But the winner for Best Sound Editing, any guesses? No, you tell me. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, well, that doesn't Makes surprise sense. me. Yeah, yeah I think, think that's wrong a with very that. good choice. Yeah. yeah. I think all of those nominations, from the ones I've seen... Yeah, I think they would have been... I think that's a category where they've pretty much got it all yeah, right. anyone could have won and I would have been happy. So, well done again, Oscars, and well done everyone who's nominated in the Best Sound category you would all have been good winners. This is now combined because it used to be sound editing and mixing apart. And I think they've... It's best sound now, yeah. It's just now best sound. Uh, best adapted screenplay. The nominees were Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, reviewed on this podcast. Top Gun Maverick, reviewed on this podcast. Living, I don't know much about Living. Uh, all Quiet on the Western Front. And Women Talking was the winner. So I know a little bit about this film because I know that... Uh, snuck in it was like the ninth tenth best picture nominee uh it was the one that kind of just snuck in mm. and people thought it was going to represent a lot higher and then it ended up only getting a, a few i think I, I think yeah i think there was a lot of talk at one point that if you know that the, the actors there could have been acting gongs and they could have been from what i understand the cast is excellent and, and the subject matter is very important and of course, it's written by Sarah Polly, who, before turning almost exclusively to filmmaking, was a very in-demand uh, Canadian actress. Uh, she was in her most high-profile role was uh, the Zack Snyder version of Dawn of the Dead. But she's been an indie darling in the Canadian scene 
for bloody ages. Mm. And she, so she's got a lot of support behind her. And I think when this film didn't over-represent, perhaps it should have done, they, I think, may, I don't want to say a sympathy vote, that sounds con- condescending, but I think there was, certain, once it didn't do as well as people thought it should have done, mm-hmm. I think there was probably a lot more support to make sure that the nomination that it knew it could possibly win got over the line and so that didn't surprise me and I'm actually quite happy for Sarah Polly because she's been making really excellent films for a few years several years now since I think her first film as a director was 2006 and this is her first that's kind of where she's where where she's got a gong yeah I think that's that's fair comment and yeah no good um best original screenplay so the nominees were Tar The Banshees of Inshiran the Fablemans, Triangles of Sadness, which is the first time we've been we've talked about that on this uh, episode. Yes, um, I've heard really mixed things. I know Me some too. people that absolutely love it, and I know some people that think it's a load of tut. <laughs> Me too. Um, but I, I like the trailers. It was something and it I wanted to see. It did quite well actually. in the nominations. I think it got three or four. Yeah, it did. Uh, and the winner was bum 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 bum. Everything everywhere all at once. once. Um, yeah. Not a surprise. <laughs> Not a surprise, no. Not a shock. I think that's a fair fair comment. Although, actually, if Banshees had won it, I think I that was very, very happy script with that as well. Yeah, I, w- I would have been happy with that. If anything, the script is the strongest part of, well, and the acting of the lead characters. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, 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 they're the, the strongest part of that, that film, actually. There's the, you know, everything else is just normal, but those two bits, I suppose, are really good. Yes. No, I, I'd agree. I would have been very happy if Banshees won, but I'm happy as well. But, but I'm, I'm going on your. Um, your recommendation that, that that everything ever all at once is also a yes, it is. Opinion. I thought, and again, much like it's editing, it has to do so much with its screenplay. It's a really knotty screenplay, but mm. never you never lose as you. You always know exactly where you are in its place. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, the next category: best cinematography, uh, and the nominees are Tar, uh, Empire of Light which was shot down the road from here. Yes, it was. Only a... And actually, it's not the only Kent representation here. It's not, no. But yeah, uh, only, uh, not, not far from here. Uh, it was, it's obviously Sam Mendes. Who, who does Sam Mendes use? I'm sure he uses always the same cinematographer, and I can't think of it. It's, my head. Well, this one is shot by Roger Deakins. Uh, it's Deakins. I thought it was Deakins. I had Deakins in my head. Um, I'm sure he uses Deakins quite a lot. He does now, because his old cinematographer, Conrad Hall died after making, I think it was either Road to Perdition or another one, but he was his regular. Yeah, he's been Deacon since all the Bond films, hasn't he? Yes, he has. But he did, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Empire of Light, which does look very well shot, for, although uh, I hear very issues with narrative. Although I think that will be something we may be reviewing in the not-too-distant future. That would be a good one to um, As it's now on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Elvis, uh, which yeah, I think is good cinematography. Yes, it's, well it's very much a Baz Luhrmann cinematography which, film, which is no bad thing. A lot of effort's been put into the cinematography mm-hmm. and the thought, thought it out. Um, Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths, which I'm not going to lie, until this second I'd never heard of. Never heard of it. Um, but I'm happy for it. Yeah, it's always well nice when a, when a film that's, you know gets underrepresented. Fair play to it. It's a nomination. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, finally, the winner was All Quiet on the Western Front. Represent Kent. Uh, I'm, I was not familiar with this uh, guy and I only heard, I think either today or yesterday, that the cinematographer for this film um, went to school in Kent. Uh, so, yeah, another Kent boy. Well done. Well yeah, well done. done. 
Um, yeah, I think that that that's uh, again from the, the bits I've seen looks like a good choice. Uh, best costume design. Uh, the nominees were Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh yes, that that I know that because Kermode reviewed it just because Jason Isaacs has a fairly small role in it. Ah. So hello to Jason Isaacs. Hello to Jason Isaacs. <laughs> Sorry, and that was me. For fuck's sake, Callum. <laughs> This is a, meant to be a very a slick, high, operation. slick episode. This is the Oscars. Sorry, Rob. Um, I like the the rhyming of the word Harris and Paris. That's I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Didn't win this category. Uh, Elvis yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babylon. Yeah, the costume design looks great in the trailers for that. Yes. Um, but the winner was Black Panther with Wakanda Forever, which will be. Reviewed either on the next or the episode after. It'll be reviewed fairly soon. Yeah, we're going to be reviewing that one. So we'll keep tight-lipped, but the costumes look cool. I uh, thought the costumes ever... were, were very good. Of course, they have to mix Afro-futurism, superhero stuff, more traditional um, sort of uh, a pan-African mm-hmm. sort of uh, thing. So, you know, it, it is a good kind of effort for a costume designer. And as ever, Angela Bassett looks like a god. Yes, she does. Um, yeah, good good choice, I think. Um, best makeup and hairstyles. The, I mean, there's probably, it makes sense, the winner of this one, but we're, we're, <laughs> for, for reasons we'll get into in a bit. But um, Elvis, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Batman, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, and the winner is The Whale. Obviously, yes. the big thing with The Whale is fat suit. Yes. Um, personally, I absolutely hate fat suits. Me too. And I wouldn't have given it to the whale for that no, reason. I, for that reason, same. And probably I wouldn't have given it to Elvis for the same reason. Yes. Um, whereas, the although, it's, that's just where it's, like we said in our view, where it's a movie of two halves. They didn't bother doing that with Austin Butler, and it was great, but they did but it they from the start with Tom Hanks. They certainly did it with Tom Hanks with his big stick-on rubber nose. I'd have given it to the Batman. I, th- yeah, I, I think really like the makeup and costume looks, design. Yeah, it's, and it's very gothy, very noir. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure whether to read this now, or I can wait until Best Actor. But it's doing Best Actor. Okay, I think it okay, makes more but, sense um, than Best Actor. We can get more into that about uh, yeah, we will. How, how fat people are represented in films and if it's condescending or if it's charitable or what, what is it? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll say, we'll, we'll we'll say that, that for a bit. But yeah, I personally of those would have picked the Batman. Yeah. The Batman would have been a good choice. And again, Black Panther wouldn't have been, wouldn't have gone amiss there. Similarly. Yeah. Uh, best original score. Um, so the Fablemans, everything, everywhere, all at once, the Banshees of Insurum, Babylon and all quiet on the Western front was the winner. Um, I, I haven't seen All Quiet, as, as I said. Yeah, same, I have. But none of them seem to have, none like... None of them, even, I mean, as much as I adore everything everywhere all at mm. once, the score is good, I like it, but I, there's nothing I would go crazy for about it. Was, was the Batman amongst those nominees? No, and I think I've got a reason why. why, it might, why? I've got a guess. Okay. Because a lot of it is um, is Nirvana, isn't it? But made into like yeah, orchestral Nirvana. As, I mean, that's more of the trailer it is, thing. It's quite a lot in there. I mean, yeah. I was watching yeah. it. But like the theme, the do 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 do, the orchestral yeah. theme, is, I, I really liked it. But, you know, I, I thought, I, you know, I, I thought that Batman would be a technical darling and it... It wasn't, and that, that made me a bit sad. But no, I, I, I really like the score on the Batman. And there was something else that I thought of, and it's gone out of my head, but there was another, there's a couple of other things. That, Empire of Light, I, yeah. I would have thought maybe I've got, I've listened to the soundtrack for that because it's a Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross yes, production, is. which is like 
crack it was like crack to me yeah like uh, him and and with um uh, what's his name the the guy who did White Lotus and and Utopia his soundtracks as well yes. uh, his name's gone out of my head and also the Fablemans I mean, you know it's it's I think I think this is something like um, John Williams' eightieth nomination. Yeah, I feel like they just nominate. Oh, John Williams has done another soundtrack. We better nominate him. This is him. also his final score for Steven Spielberg because, of course, he's he, he's retiring now. Yeah. Uh, so, and the one for Indiana Jones five that he's doing is going to be his last ever, I think. So he's he's this this is it after the, mm-hmm. after this. Yeah. Uh, another category that I didn't think there was anything particularly exciting this year, although. The the obviously the yeah anyway um, was his best original song um, everything everywhere all at once had a best original song didn't know that this is a life sun lux it's called oh yes yeah, so, well, I mean it, that does play the end credits hold my hand Lady Gaga from Top Gun Maverick I also didn't I've seen Top Gun Maverick twice didn't realize Lady Gaga did a song for it uh, lift me up Rihanna for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Obviously, the last Wakanda Forever, uh, so not Wakanda Forever, the last Black Panther had like a really sick soundtrack, but I haven't heard that much about the one this time. Yeah, it's um, not much to go on, I'd say. Uh, applause, Sophia Carlson and Dane Warren from Tell It Like a Woman. And then the winner was um, Natu Natu by Carla Bahava and Raul. Ra- 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 uh, Sipple Gun. I can see the cogs in his yeah. head whirring. Sorry for the bad pronunciations. <laughs> these are the first times I've read these names. Uh, and for the for the movie RRR, which I have heard is very good, actually. It's I've, Bollywood, isn't it? It I is. A, it's um. There's been some kind of rumblings because Bollywood tends to become a catch-all term for all Indian cinema, but this mm. isn't Hindi. Isn't filmed in, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's something else. I, to be honest, I forget the language it's in, but there, some people dispute the claim uh, that. The films in this particular language are, oh, but that's very, it, But it's a film it's made in India, India. Yes, it is, and it's a bananas action film. But to be honest, the, of all the things about it, the song in it was not the thing that I'm. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard everyone. I've I seen know, the trailer actually for it. It looks quite all cool. All my all my cine, kind of nerdy friends say, "See, RRR, it's the it's the Mad Max Fury Road of the of uh, 2022." I saw a um, clip it, of them performing at the Oscars as well. It looked good fun. So yeah. probably seems like the one that should have won. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. We can, we can go with that one because it's otherwise it seems quite a poor category. Yeah, this you year. seem to be a lot of I didn't know that was in that film. Yeah. You knew Lady Gaga did a song for Top Gun. <laughs> uh excellent. Now we get into should we say the meat? Although there's been some meat further down, I suppose, but uh, best director. Um yeah. This is quite a again. There's some almost some surprises in here. So, um, Ruben Osland for Triangle of Sadness that surprised me considering that the amount tended of ones. to go down well with the Academy. This film, yeah, it's just it's been obviously very mixed, but it's not really featured in that many other categories so far to get a best director nod. You'd think that there were some other ones that uh... I think it represents quite a lot from this point. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Martin McDonough for Banshees of Insurance. You all know our opinion on that. Uh, Todd Field for Tar, Steven Spielberg for The Fable Women's, and winner, Daniel Kwan for... Uh, uh, sorry, Daniel Kwan with Daniel... I don't know how to say that, the second Daniel. So they're referred to as the Daniels. So if you want to Daniel... back out and just say the Daniels, then you can just go with that. No, I'm going to try and pronounce his name. <laughs> 
Shannert. Shannert? I'm going to say Shannert. Let's go for that. Daniel Shannert. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once was the uh, winner. I'm very happy for the Daniels, and it's the most directed film there. Also, it's nice to see because did you ever see Swiss Army Man? Did, yeah. Where Paul Dano carts around a dead Daniel Radcliffe. Who farts a lot. Who farts a lot. It's those guys. And ah. this is like the only film, aren't this, it's their second film. So they're a very eclectic, sort of, you know, spiky, youthful indie filmmakers made big. And I was actually telling Johnny just before the recording of this. One of the two directors, I forget which of the I think Daniels. It was Daniel Kwan, wasn't it? It may have been He Daniel did quite Kwan. a nice speech at the Oscars, yes. which was, was really nice, which is why I remembered his name. Because um, I, I believe it was Daniel Kwan who um, he, it hadn't been diagnosed with ADHD until after he made Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is very much a film like someone with ADHD would make. And at some point he must have realised, I think I need to go get tested, you know. And it turns out he did. And, uh, you know, as a neurodivergent person, it's a good piece of representation there um, for that. So it's a nice thing to see. And it's um, if you when you do see the film, you would say, yep, that's made by someone with ADHD. So that's quite a nice thing. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I think that was probably the right choice. Yeah, um, I think so. Having not seen the film. <laughs> but no, I'll go with you on that. Excellent. Uh, on to Best Actress in a Sporting Role. <laughs> oh, in a Sporting Role. Oh. In a Sporting Role. <laughs> Do you, this is a, a little question I'm going to throw out there. Do you think they should get rid of Best Actor and Actress categories and merge into one? So it's a bit of a complicated choice because the issue could be that if they merge them, it's just going to be blokes winning. Well, that's it. They, 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 women become underrepresented. Yeah. But uh, should we? Should that not be? Should they say right? Each category will have six nominations. It's got to be three men and three women. Well, that's certainly but one then way to do it. Guys and win all the time. I guess there's um, the issue of where would you place? It hasn't happened yet, so at least at the Oscars. But I think and television, it has uh, actors who are non-binary or It'd make it easier. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It would. That is a plus for it. So it, that would make it easier in the future. So, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons. Uh, there's, uh, obviously, uh, I think, and this is where there's a slight issue like, from a language point of view as well. Best actor, actor doesn't need to be a man or a woman. An actor is a, is a person who's acting in a thing. Yes. So already there's like a, an inbuilt sexism into that. Well, yes. It's, it's, always, it's always a point that's bugged me with a language point of view, actually. But anyway, uh, we won't go too much into too much detail on that now, but it's an interesting question. Uh, tell us what you think on Instagram. Or Untitled Film Podcast, one word on Instagram. Exactly. I've got to get it in somewhere. <laughs> Um, but no, so the, win, so the nominees were um, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, Hong Chow for The Whale, Hong Chu, Hong Chow. Chow. I was right there. I thought it was Chow. Um, Kerry, uh, Kerry Condon for Banshees of Inshirin, who was excellent. Uh, Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And also Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, who was the winner. Have you been keeping up with um, her? her Oscar campaign. Yeah, she's been she's like... so fun. She's like everybody's favourite yeah. wine art. And everyone's also been saying like how like she has, how um, not like annoyingly over the top buying like really ridiculous clothes and things. Very, she's she's been played well. it very well because, you know, go too far, you become annoying, don't go mm-hmm. far enough, you get buried. Um, she's been fun. Although I will say, as much as I love the film, she isn't my favourite supporting actress in the film. 
um, I would have gone with um, the the other choice for it's definitely Shu. Yeah, um, I think with Jamie Lee Curtis, it is a bit of a legacy win because she's. I Jamie kind Lee of Curtis. thought that it was like and sometimes they're like, well, this might be the last time we can give an Oscar yeah, to Jamie Lee exactly. Curtis, um, and she's good in it. She's very good in it. In fact, uh, I, I don't want to underplay that she is. She is very good in it. But I think of the two supporting actresses, she has the least compelling arc. Um, I would have and. Even then, I'm not sure if I even would have given it. I think I may have gone with uh, Carrie Condon, uh, personally. And uh, I, having just seen... I really like Carrie Condon. Yeah, she was, she was I, so yeah. good. And uh, having just seen um, Wakanda Forever, had that won, because she was the front runner for a long time. Yeah. It. Had she won, that also would have been a legacy win. She's a legend as well. And she is a legend. But she is a very compelling... If it was a legacy win, I wouldn't have been upset uh, with that legacy and, win. And I kind of feel like... Considering what happened with Chad, well, exactly, she held that film together. Like yeah. it wouldn't have worked without her and without her performance in it. They, Especially, you... well, that scene, the one that's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Have I not given everything? Cuts right through you. Yeah. So there are a lot of good choices there. Actually, I, I a lot of choices where if they had won, I would have been happy. And actually, I'm not not happy about um, Jamie Lee Curtis because she is a legend as well. But it is a bit of a legacy win. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the next category is Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Oh, I love this one. Um, so Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Insurin, probably my choice. Um, Excellent. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. Legacy. Barry Tree Henry. Is that how you say it? T- I think Tyree. Tyree. Brian. I'm getting this He's really... the guy that we were talking about him just last week, actually. Brian Terry Henry for Causeway. Yeah. We were talking about him last week. Um... Sorry, Brian. I completely. I blame my glasses. And <laughs> the film's only nomination, but I've heard he's very good. Yeah, uh, Brendan Gleeson for the Banshees of Inshiran, and K K Hoi Quen. I think it's yeah. I think I think you're right actually. K Hoi Quen uh, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Who was once again I the winner? Do love the story because you know he was the child actor and. He, like, he had much a great like, speech as well, actually. He did, and he was so sweet and very yeah, emotional. very um, emotional. Just a bit like uh, Jackie Earl Haley. He, he was a child actor, very talented, and then just kind of got lost mm. and then came back many years later only to be nominated and then eventually win. Of course, Jackie Earl Haley didn't win, but uh, win his Oscar. And he is excellent in that film. Wasn't he in the... Was it the Star Wars movies he was in? Uh, no, he was in Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, that's yes. it. Yeah, because there's a picture of... Short round. There's a picture of... Um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford hugging him in the movie yes. and then hugging him at the... At the uh... and it's very sweet. And this performance is... It, it is kind of the heart of the movie because Michelle Yeoh's character, you know, has to be quite harsh, quite mm. uh, stoic because of circumstances. And he's the sort of the sweetheart. And he just breaks my heart. Uh, I would have been happy with Barry Keegan too, who was fantastic. Uh, but both of those both of those nominations are excellent choices. Obviously, I've not seen everything everywhere all at yes. once, but from the trailer, he looked good. But I just really like Barry Keegan. So good. I would have been very happy with that too. Very so, happy. Yeah, I, I can't say which I'd rather have won, but but possibly Barry. But yeah, excellent. Now on to best actress. So, the winner was Anna de Armas for Blonde. Why, yada? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, nominations are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, B- 
Ooh, although she was all right. She did her best. Uh, Andre, uh, Andrea Resenberg for two... Riseborough. Les- sorry. Uh, for two Leslies. Uh, Michael, Michelle Williams. Michael Williams. <laughs> yeah, Michael Williams. Michael K. Williams from The Wire. <laughs> Risen from the grave. You could tell this has been a long recording session already. Um, Michelle Williams for The Fableman. And Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, who, of course, won. won. I kind of spoiled my thoughts on that, but I'm just so happy that she won. And not just for the film, but because of who she is and what she represents for both cinema in general, but uh, international cinema as well. Having not seen it, I'm still happy for her to have won. Yes. So. Yeah. The only one in that category I have seen, though, is, is uh, Andrew Armas and Blondes, <laughs> and I don't like Blondes, so... <laughs> Uh, excellent. And then on to Best Actor. This one we haven't talked about too much yet. The nominees were Austin Butler for Elvis, probably who I would have wanted to win. Uh, Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Insurance. Bill would have Nye. Been my choice. For li- which one? Colin Farrell. The Colin Farrell, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bill Nye for Living. Uh, Paul Mescal for Aftersun. And Brendan Fraser for The Whale, who was the winner. Um, um, yes. I, I, I'm mixed on it because I'm so I haven't seen. I the am whale. so glad I'm, that he is back. Yeah, I love Brendan Fraser, Brendan <laughs> Fraser, and I am glad he has won an Oscar, and I'm glad that he's got uh, his career's kind of come back, and I'm glad you know glad for a lot of things. Not sure if this is a role that I it's wanted uncomfortable. to. It's an uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Which thing is mega cringe. I, I'm glad that he's back too. And he he will now have the opportunities to make other movies where that won't have to be so try hard. Yeah, um, it feels like you as know a Darren Aronofsky often is. You know when like, and I like Darren Aronofsky apart from post Noah, and this is obviously post Noah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the problem is sometimes like like Will Smith so desperate to win an Oscar, doing all of these Oscar baity films over the years, like. Uh, and none of them, like, Pursuit of Happiness, Seven Pat, all these things. And they, they just, I, th- I think when someone tries too hard, you're just like, oh, I'm switched off. Give it a rest. Give it a rest. And I kind of feel like this is that kind of film. And I also, the whole, I just don't, it just doesn't seem, the, the whole premise of the film doesn't sit well it, with me. It it's a bit like, it's well a bit like. With a lot of people. S- like sadness porn it is there it has been referred to as misery porn yeah and of course it's like like we i mean in our private lives we've spoken about this when things like green book have come out Mm. like um white people solve racism movies where very well-meaning white people will write a movie about black experience it must be said that it seems to be a similar thing um uh to um people who are overweight perhaps maybe should be telling their own stories because you do get into the realms of condensation and, and condensation, condensation uh, being condescending. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, the other day I read an article by a woman named Lindy West, who is an author and a comedian and a uh, film critic. Um, I haven't heard of this TV show, but she cr- was the co-creator and wrote the book of a um, TV show called um, Shrill, which uh, ran for three seasons on Hulu and uh, apparently was very well reviewed, got an Emmy nomination. So, you know, someone who knows her onions and is all, and that show is about kind of um, fat acceptance and that kind of thing. And she wrote this scathing article for The Guardian about the whale, where a friend had told her, go see this film, it's terrible, you'll hate it, I want to hear your opinion. And she wraps it up with this very succinct paragraph. 
To the filmmakers, you are not on the gallows with us. You are the hangman. You are not noble, long-suffering Liz, who's Hong Chao's character, trying to save Charlie, Brendan Fraser, or Charlie's inexplicable, glowing benevolence in an unjust world. You are the dirty apartment closing in. Fat people are already trapped, suffocating inside the stories the rest of you tell yourselves about us. We have plenty of your stories. What we don't have is the space to forge untainted relationships with food and our bodies, to speak honestly about our lives without being abused, to explore our full potential without having it stolen by a world that thinks of us as Charlie, if it thinks of us at all. And that is that, oh, that is mm, damning. Mm. And I, I'm not, I haven't seen the film, so I can't say for certain yet, but the whole thing does make me uncomfortable. Yeah, I just, I just get a bad vibe for it. I get a yeah. bad vibe for it. I just, it doesn't feel, I just, I don't get it. I, just, I think that's it. I just don't get the, the, I don't understand how it works. I don't understand what there is to be gained from uh, from this story, you know. And as you say, and if it was written by somebody who had that experience, you kind of think, oh, it's them telling their experience, but it's not. It's written by some rando person who doesn't have that experience. So. It, it almost feels like the kind of film that the elites come out of and pat themselves on the back for being brave enough mm-hmm. to seeing a film about some one of those horrible people that you hear about in the news, but not actually have anything to do with it mm. yeah also i do just hate fat suits yes yes um, and yeah so yeah it's this sounds very well. grimy anyway that is best actor but well done to benefage because i like you but I like maybe you. you just probably don't like this film yeah um best picture um so 10 films can be nominated for best picture now um well, as they have been for quite a few years but yeah that's the thing that happens so the nominations are women talking triangle of sadness Top Gun Maverick, Tar, The Fablemans, Elvis, The Banshees of Inshirin, Avatar The Way of the Water, <laughs> uh, Uqua on the Western Front. And the winner is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Well, I've made it no secrets. I'm very happy with this win. Yeah, I think it's the correct one. I think overall, I think it's kind of a weak year. Yeah. I don't think there's many like... Everything, every, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once has got amazing bars and is a really great film, and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes you either get a film that people are just like flawed by, or some years you get two or three movies that are really like fighting it out between each other for it. You'll get like um, the year when Moonlight won, despite what was announced initially, <laughs> and it was against like La La Land, and I think it was another big film that year as well. And you, or you get like uh, 94 when you had. Uh, Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction all fighting yes. it out on the wrong one, one of course. But you know, and so you get some years where you get like three or four big films. When I look at that list, I think even though I haven't seen it, probably the right one won. Banshees of Inshirin was maybe close, but it's I think it's kind of a narrow story. Either you like it or you don't. Well, some yeah, people I think won't so. like it's quite it. A niche story. I also think if there was a second place runner up, it was probably all quiet on the Western Front, given mm. how how, how many other awards the moon, have won? How the awards have gone this season? I just haven't heard like if I look at reviews or people that I've spoken to who've seen it and blah blah blah. I just it it doesn't to, it seems to come close to no. Banshees or, or other things. Yeah, same. And I re- I really enjoyed Top Gun and I really enjoyed Elvis, um, despite its flaws. And I kind of thought, you know, I thought Top Gun. I, it, the Guardian's been doing a week kind of all of last week, like reasons this should win and the, the top gun one's actually very compelling although it's not like a masterpiece of a movie it 
it just I don't I haven't met anyone who's watched it and not really enjoyed it. Not come out of it with a spring in their step. Yeah, and it kind of I hate this saying, but it saved cinema because obviously it made a load of money when no one had made a load of money post COVID, like Spider Man a bit, but um, and obviously now with where the water somehow making loads of money, even though everyone I've met who's seen it hates it. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, but it just doesn't. There's nothing. There's n- apart from everything, everywhere all at once. I, I, I now it's won it. I kind of feel like it's obvious. Like what else would have won it? Like what else really had that kind of momentum? Or yeah, nothing really had the same sort of spark. As it, I think. But, yeah, I think it's probably the right decision. Um, but ban- I would have been happy with Banshees. And there's a Rogue one I would have been ho- happy with Top Gun as well. Yes. Yeah, I would have been happy with that too. Yeah. Anyway, I think that brings to a close our Oscar ceremony. And we have managed to go through all the categories, tell you everything about each one, and tell you our thoughts and opinions of how they got it wrong. And our podcast is about a quarter the length of an ep- of the Oscars. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> well, it's only about three or four hours, aren't they, the Oscars? Yeah, yeah, and this true. podcast's about an hour. So, um, yeah, I don't know how long it was this year. Some years are worse than others with the Oscars, with the speeches going on too long and things. Um, but no, so just remember that, people. Don't listen to the if Oscars next year. If this were the Oscars, the music would have started playing and they would have started getting the hooks out on yeah. the stage. <laughs> absolutely um but on that we are off to the variety after show party to get blind drunk with bill nye i hear he's a riot and uh also um his name's gone on my head paddington too who are you thinking about hugh grant, hugh grant. <laughs> yeah Getting, answering a question in a way that is categorically hugh grant yeah Absolutely. Fair play to the van. Uh, Have a wonderful week, everyone. We will be back with a regularly scheduled review episode next week. And bye for now. Bye, bye, bye.